Let your hand clap be louder. A little louder still. God is blessing us this week. It's amazing that it's just the first day. You wonder what God is going to do in the days ahead. But you are going to be a man and a woman of great knowledge, great power. Tell your neighbor you will arrive at the city. Yes, you will arrive there. God is moving us from the village to the city. Everybody's ministry will be a city ministry. Whether you are in the village or you are in the city, you are going to have a city ministry. And we've, we've had an awesome time this morning. And this afternoon, I'm happy to introduce another giant of the kingdom of God here in this country. A giant. When, you, when he comes and you see his size, you realize that he's a giant indeed. Yes. But the man we are about to hear has been in the ministry for many years. Many years. When I was appointed a pastor, a pastor of a church, I had been a church worker for many years. And then I was appointed a pastor and sent to a branch. This is 23 years ago. My first Sunday at that branch was the Sunday, was the day he took me there and introduced me to the church. That a new pastor has come. It's like somebody going to school. And his father takes him and takes him to the school and says, this is your school. Yes. He took me there. My first ever Sunday as a pastor. So he's a very special person. We have been together for over 32 years. When I got born again, he was in the New Believer School or the counseling department. So he taught me my New Believer School material, everything back in Takrade. Yeah, that's a giant. Today, I'm, I'm releasing all the things from, from the system, yes. The church I was brought up in, he was in the follow-up ministry and guided me and taught me. So, this afternoon, I believe that God has sent a man with something for our ministries and for our lives. He has been the bishop of the lighthouse churches all over Tema and the Volta region for, for many years, as many years as I can remember. Anointed of God, has planted many churches, both in Ghana, in Europe, and in other places. And has also raised many pastors, some of whom today are bishops. Yes, yes. Some of whom today are bishops. I mean, if he took me to church and I'm now a bishop, then this one, I don't know how to introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise to our, your feet. 
we are about to receive a man of God, a servant of God, a pastor, and a true son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. We are blessed to have his ministry here. Clap your hands and let's receive Bishop Ishmael Sam. Hallelujah. Don't force me to sing. You don't want me to drive away the angels here. But I want to thank Bishop Ogo for inviting me here to preach. We were very, very good friends in Takrade, in the church that we were brought up in. And uh, he also taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot from him. And um, if you really want to know who a pastor is, many times I've worked with him and I, I would tell him, and I've told him that I's not, I'm not joking, I'm not playing, but he always makes me feel like I'm not a pastor. I always said, look, you, you are a pastor, a true pastor. And I really want to thank God that you have such a powerful pastor to pastor you and um, as he said we are both children of Bishop Doug Heward Mills we thank God for such a wonderful father that God has given to us in ministry and in so many ways hallelujah and I thank God that I ever met him his wife also um, is my friend and uh, they are good people God bless you. Let's take our seats. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for this afternoon, for this out of out of shepherding conference. Let your presence be here and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. It is not because I am short. That's why I'm coming to stand behind the pulpit here. But it's just because I want to be closer to you nearer my God today it's nice to be close isn't it so I just want to be closer to you so that is why I brought a puppet in terms of height I don't think there's any much difference between me and uh, Bishop Ogo <laughs> powerful well um, it's good to be here and uh, today for this afternoon and the first part of the afternoon I believe that we are going to hear something that is going to help our ministries and help our lives in a way that we will be blessed. Amen. And I'm going to preach from this book that our bishop has written, Bishop Dagwood Mills has written, The Mega Church. The Mega Church. Hallelujah. Why am I very bold and confident to talk from this book that my father and our, our Bishop Doug has written. I am bold and confident to talk from this book because the author of this book has fruits to show for whatever is written in the books. Hallelujah. This is a man who has been blessed by God and anointed of God to pastor about 3,000 churches in 70 countries 
No man can do this except God was with him. Hallelujah. So I am very confident and I'm very bold to talk from this book and also recommend the, all the points, all the, 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 the notes, all the anointings and the steps and whatever it is that is in the book. I'm confident to recommend it to you and to tell you that if you took it and you ran with it, it is going to help you. Your ministry will change. Your life will change. Your church will change. You will see that you will move from a classroom and suddenly you will build a church building and then that will be a branch and more buildings will come. You will see that you, you, you have services and the place will be full. This is a service. This, this is not a conference by Bishop Dahiwad Mills. This is a conference of one of the sons, one of the bishops of Bishop Dahiwad Mills and also a branch of one of his churches and he's having a conference on a working day this is today's what tuesday working day tuesday at what's the time four oh this watch is not correct is it 4 46 hey i see it's already four o'clock at 4 46 p.m and look at how this place is full hallelujah it shows you the kind of person whose, if you like, ministry and book I'm going to talk about. And it shows how, why, it, this shows why you should take it seriously and be blessed by this book. Amen. Because of time, there are three areas I'm going to talk about from this book. The first is, I'll just talk um, some few minutes about it. That's 25 reasons you must be born in. 25 reasons you must have a mega church. And then we shall talk about retention evangelism. Retention evangelism. And then we'll also talk about how the man himself got anointed. You see, how he got anointed resulting in, the, in this mighty work that he is doing. Amen. So if you look at the chapter 1 of the book, in some of the versions, you may not necessarily follow the chapters. As about the chapter one, is chapter one in all the versions. If you look at the first point in chapter one, it talks about the chapter one about 25 reasons you must have a mega church. And the first point talks about you must desire to have a mega church because that is the most appropriate vision and goal for a pastor. You see, you must desire. You must deserve first to have a mega church. You must have a vision. Without a vision and without a desire, you you will not you will not you know you will not want. You may just wish. You may just wish that you have it, but it must be a desire. It must be a burning desire and a vision that you have. Because the Bible says, where there is no vision, is where there is no vision. You perish in the sense that your vision is to have a small church. So when you get a, a, a room full of members, you are happy. You think you have arrived. Do you get it? So your vision is what will make you go after this thing. Amen. So you must, you must desire. It must be a desire. And over the years, I have come to see that it has been the desire and the heart of our, of our bishop, Bishop Dahiwan, to have a mega church. 
And not to have a mega church in terms of just even having so many people, which is very important, but so much so that people will be saved and be born again. That is why, that is why when we were all born again, good shepherds at them. Um, I was a Connection Cathedral. Collegono Cathedral. In Collegono, I was a follow-up um, director. Bishop Ogos became a follow-up director. I became a prayer minister, a prayer pastor. I was so loved in the church. I was called Minister of Connections. That's Pastor of Connections. I mean, you cannot be my friend and not have a beloved. Do you get it? And may you receive a beloved before you leave. You cannot be around me for no, not more than six months and you say you are you are you are you are you are marriable and you are not married it won't be possible so i was loved i was liked i also liked the place and every sunday bishop will preach and will be very happy and excited in church and then one day one by one he asked all of us to leave the cathedral and go and start our new churches the church that i introduced bishop will go in was a classroom he came to a classroom and I introduced him and he came to preach and he was very happy that he was a pastor there. But Bishop asked us to move from that place. And I, I, I have come to know and understand that it's as a result of the vision and the desire he had and still has to have a mega church. That is what drove him to do what he did. Hallelujah. So whatever you are going to do to have a mega church, you must first have a vision. You must have a desire. It is very important. That's the Bible says in Proverbs 29:18 that where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. If you look at the second reason, it says you must desire to have a mega church because the desire for a mega church will lead you on a journey that will make your church grow. And the journey is what is important. Do you get it? The desire to have a woman, the desire to marry, you saw a woman and you wanted to marry her. The desire to marry her led you on a journey to visit her. Visit her, send her WhatsApp. In our days, we couldn't send WhatsApp. Recently, my wife brought um, some letters I used to write. And some of the things she read, I couldn't believe that I wrote them. Hey, Robs! Six feet crying. I could give Robs, and I'll, then I'll, I'll mention her um, um, English name, then I'll mention her gun name, then I'll mention her pet name, and every, every paragraph and the name I mentioned. And, and she was reading to us, no, 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 I didn't write. And she told me, see, this time you have changed. But at that time, I had a certain desire. And the desire was to marry her. So I embarked on a journey that included writing of letters. Writing of letters. Wild letters. Those days, we didn't have mobile phone. So I would go and hide somewhere and call. These big phones. So the desire for a mega church, see, your being here is as a result of a desire that will put you on a journey. Not many people are here. There are some people who have heard of what the Lord is doing in Adenta here. They have heard of the mighty works that God is using one of his servants in the land, Bishop, that he was to do. They have heard it. 
and they are struggling in what they are doing and yet they are not here you see it means that something is not driving them nothing is driving them if you really really want to something must drive you and that would have that would have made you to be here so if you are here it means you have been driven because of a desire you have to see and to have a mega church and this shall come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus you shall definitely see it in your life and in your ministry you would see it in your life in your ministry so that desire is what will make you you know many bishop keeps saying it that there was a time in his ministry he wanted to start healing ministry and so he embarked on a journey and he tells us you see this one of, one of the things i like about this man of god you see he's able to let others know and to follow what he has done because not everybody can do things and be able to explain and to teach others that's why being a good footballer doesn't necessarily make you a good coach because you can know how to play but you may you may not be able to transmit it to others to learn to, pr- to play but this is one good thing about this great man of god hallelujah and so this wonderful healing jesus crusade that we have of which yours truly is the assistant evangelist at the crusades you see that it started from somewhere and he tells us how when god laid on his heart to start a healing ministry i remember when bishop started the miracle wave services at Collegono. And I remember when he started crusades, you could see that, you see, there was something on his heart that was driving him. Something was, so he embarked on a journey. Embarked on a journey. Recently, he called us, his pastors and his bishops, and he gave us materials. Materials of messages that he has listened on this journey. And gave it to us that we should also go and listen to it. And when he guessed it, look you don't have any idea you needed a car to carry the materials home you needed a car to carry the material why you see because he had a desire and that desire drove him as a result today we have this mega healing jesus crusades all over the world you see because that desire made him to embark on the journey he tells us he he has watched every every video and listen to all evangelistic messages of right hand bonky. It's a journey. It's a journey. Because of a desire to what? Be in the healing ministry and also be an evangelist. And also of, 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 of uh, Benny Hinn. And of, also of Billy Graham. So you could see. The day that he called us and gave us the materials. You could see that the desire of this man had not just been there. It has actually, he has actually put it into practice and has embarked on journeys and, and invested in it. Invested in it. Hallelujah. So your desire will make you lead you on a journey. If your desire is to have a mega church, that is why you are here. You will have a mega church. If your desire is to be an evangelist, you have to embark on a particular journey to be an evangelist. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11, 24 says that, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe. So you realize even 
prayers can never be answered until and unless there is a desire. That's why some of you have been praying prayers and nothing is happening because there is no desire in your heart. There's no desire in your heart. You, you say that you are praying for new converts. Well, as you are praying for the new converts, it is never on your mind that you go and visit them. Then why are you praying for them? It's never on your mind that you go and visit them. So there is no desire. But what things over you desire, and if God too says, God says, whatever you desire, he's not talking about just when you sit down, you desire something, you pray about. No, it must be a desire coming deep from your heart. You know, I desire a car, so I'm praying. Sure. I desire this, I'm praying. No, 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 that's not what If something that you have thought of, and you des- it has become a burning desire on your heart, when you pray, believe, and you receive them. So many of the things that God has not given to you, God has not been a desire. You see, until and unless the thing is a desire and a burning desire, when it's given to you, you will not take good care of it. And I'm sure somewhere along the line I will come to that. Yeah. Until and unless that thing is a desire and a burning desire, if it's given to you, you will not be able to handle. That's why it must be a, a great desire in your heart before it will be handed to you. How do you think that God handed the nation of Israel to David? He had the desire to keep the sheep. Desire. And that desire led him on a journey to the extent that he was even willing to sacrifice his life for one sheep. One sheep. So it's a desire. And you have to, that's why I that you need to pray for a desire. Lord, my pastor, my, my bishop, I'm a pastor. I've started a church. Can you give me a burden for the souls? May I? Can you give me a desire for these souls who come to church every day? You need that desire to see them do well. To see that is why when you are praying, you even forget to pray for yourself. You always be praying for them because your desire, which is deep in your heart, is to see them do well. See them do well. That is what that would make you do that. Otherwise, God will not give them to you. Honestly, when I'm praying to God for church growth, I always pray that God, if unless I need X number of people, I always I, I say, God, give me the anointing and the heart for X number of people. I don't just ask for the number. I ask that give me the anointing and the heart for X number of people. And if I'm not ready, don't give them to me. Yeah. So what you have is what you are ready to handle. If you want to have more, go for a deeper desire. And you see, the more you pray for anointing for more, not, not the people, not the, not the, I need a thousand. No, he said, God, give me the anointing and the desire and the love for a thousand people. That is how you should pray. And that prayer shall be answered. That is a prayer that will be answered. That desire, that is, that's what God is talking about. That prayer shall be answered. Hallelujah. And over the years, I have seen that so many of the things that the, this man of God has done, the author of this book has done, has all come out of a desire to see that the church of God is built and things are done. And now the third point, and I will jump to another chapter, we'll come back, is that you must have a mega church because the prophetic destiny of every church that the Lord builds is to have a greater end than the beginning. Hallelujah. That is why once upon a time, Bishop Ogo started a church in a classroom 
I started a church in a drinking bar. But today, look at where he is. And he's building another mega, in fact, two mega cathedrals before he would decide on which one to go into. Today, that is, has been his, that has been his prophetic destiny. Yeah. To have a mega church. When I was in the canteen, I remember you needed to pass through the drinking, it was a kind of canteen, eh? drinking spot. You needed to come through a place that is, was enclosed, they eat, they drink, before you come to open space where the bandstand is. And we're meeting where the bandstand comes. And then the owner of the place, every Sunday evening, when we're having evening services, she will come and they'll be drinking with her friends. And imagine you have clothes from church, you are coming, where you are coming to church, you have put on your tie. And when you get to that room, she will tell you, look, this is heaven. You point to where we are. This is heaven. And this is hell. Before you go to heaven, you have to pass through hell. Hey! She herself said that before you go to heaven, and then you see, she was a she. But as she's talking, she said the smoke will be coming like that. Hey! But he said, thank God that was not the pro- that is not the prophetic destiny of the church. But the prophetic destiny of the church is that though your beginning shall be small, your latter end shall be greatly increased. I see somebody here. Your church is in a corner somewhere. But very soon, as you desire to have a mega church and you embark on this journey, you are going to see souls, people, hundreds of people coming because God will tell them this is somebody whose heart is after my sheep and they will come hallelujah that is the prophetic destiny that is why if you start a church never think oh this church is too small give your heart to it give your life to it you will be shocked what God will do what will come out of that church hallelujah that is the prophetic destiny of your home cell prophetic destiny of your bar center, prophetic destiny of your ministry. Whatever pastor has given you, don't say that this is too small. Just do it with all your heart and you will see what the Lord will do. Put your hands together for Jesus. God willing, we'll go for more reasons why you have a mega church. But now I want to talk about something that is very, very, very important, Bishop Ugo. So important that I think that if you leave this conference with this thing and you really get it and run with it, by the time you come here next year, the testimony you will have, it will not be easy. If only you catch this. And this is the, the, the chapter that talks about retention evangelism. Retention evangelism. You see, you get to know that the problem of churches these days is not for want of people going to church. No. No, 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 no. It's not for want of people going to church. And this is one of the secrets, actually, of church growth also. It's not for want of people going to church. Retention evangelism is the art of winning souls and retaining them. You win the souls and you are able to retain them. What is the use of winning souls that cannot be retained? What's the use of it? You have a church, user-friendly church. This church is open; the doors are open to everybody. 
and they come in every day, but there is no, you don't have anything put in place to retain them. And I tell you, many of you pastors, if you like, go for your New Believer School book and look at the number of who passed through your church, let's say for the last six months, you will be shocked that if those people alone were to come to church, they, your church will be full. If they alone, you will be shocked and you'll be surprised. If they, those people alone, for the, just for the past last six months, you'll be shocked the number of people who have passed through your church as new believers and as visitors. You'll be shocked. Hallelujah. So every pastor must learn to keep what he already has at all costs. And you realize that Jesus never wasted anything. And there are a lot of verses in the Bible that shows that Jesus will never waste or lose anything. After the feeding of 5,000, he will say, gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. So as far as Jesus is concerned, everything is important. Everything is important. And it applies to the church as well. Hallelujah. So as I said, our problem is not one of bringing new people to church, but one of getting them to stay. Getting them to stay. What do we do for them to stay in the church? What do we do for them to stay in church? If we can retain all the visitors and souls who come in through the front door, we will build a mega church for Jesus. We will build a mega church for Jesus. Hallelujah. If we can retain all the souls. And he says, a mega church pastor is interested in what others despise. Because the fragment, none of you would, even the people who were hungry who ate, and they saw the fragment, they were even going to leave it. But the provider himself, rather, the man who had the power to provide, rather, say, gather the fragment. Meanwhile, those who rather needed were going to leave the fragments there. Can you believe it? It's an attitude, isn't it? Can I say, it's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. The one who can provide and provided for those who were hungry thought of the fragments. But those who rather were hungry were not going to do anything with it. Why? It's because of a certain heart, a certain desire not to leave anything for granted. Hallelujah. And that must be how we treat our churches. Every pastor must be interested in every single member of the church. If you are a shepherd, be interested in every single sheep in your ministry, church worker, whatever area you are, be interested. Don't think that this person is important, the curtain seller is more important than the one that, that sells Banku or whatever. No. They are all gather the fragments. And often the fragments are even much more than the rare ones. You'll be surprised. Amen. Now, Bible says in John 18, 9, the second passage, of them that, of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. Have I lost none. So that Jesus was so conscious that look, I should not lose any of the people that God gives to me. I shouldn't. I should do whatever. This morning, when I woke up, no, before I slept, one of the pastors sent me a test. I have these two members. 
who are not coming to church again, I want you to call them for me. I want you to call them so they come to church. And I replied that I don't want to call them. I want to go and visit them with you. I don't want to call them. I, don't want, I, want, I just want to go and visit them with you. So, but I was just, as I was coming, just before I came, so let me just call them and find out. So I called. When I called, they couldn't even, they couldn't even speak English. So I started the entry. We all spoke. By the time I finished, the person said, I will come to church. Because she was shocked that the bishop himself will call of a member in a branch somewhere. A branch somewhere that she never ever thought I would call her. But as far as I was concerned, this one is also very important. Very, and I said, please, I want you to come and see me with your pastor. I want you to come and see me with your pastor. Because then she, she, was, she didn't want to stop talking with me. She didn't want to stop talking with me. And I, I could see, see these rather are the people we should be interested in. Do you get it? So let us be interested in every single... You see, David teaches us this in a very wonderful way. Can you imagine how many of us would care for a ship that as we're moving around, maybe we're all going home, and a, a lion, not even a lion, maybe a dog, a lion, a dog, a Ghana dog came from the room and started barking and chasing the ship. How many of us would, would go back and fight for this ship? We all ran away for our lives, our dear life, because of rabies. But David, the ship was his father's ship. But he had a certain heart for the ship that, look, I don't have to lose any, I mean, any of this ship, not even the least of the ship. So as he was there and a lion and a bear came to attack the ship, what did he do? He went with his own life. His own life. And this is the extent to which God wants us to go to get our ship to stay in church. To get us to stay in church. There used to be a time that we said, within 28 hours of somebody getting born again, he or she must be called. We have stopped doing that. We have stopped doing that. He or she must be called. At least for the person to know. We have stopped doing that. But David was ready. He wouldn't let any go. That means that we must be ready when we hear and the bear and the lion these days are men, are so many other things. Sin, men, women, job, so many things. Dubai, all, all those things. They are the bears and the lions. School, job, whatever. Yes. <laughs> School, job, whatever. So we have to know that this is the lion. This is the bear that is coming for my member. I need to do whatever it takes to keep the person. No matter. No matter if the, whether the person is a fragment, the person is what? The person is a soul. And every soul is important to God. That is why you see that your church is not growing. Amen. So we need to have that mind of retention evangelism. You know, many years ago, and Bishop has written it here, but many years ago, Bishop brought this picture to my mind. And it has never left me because I was the first follow-up director of the church. So he, need, he, he was taking me through it. 
and he gave me this, he showed me this graph which is also in the book this graph of population and uh, effects the, the effect of the population on medical breakthroughs do you get it and even if you read the book you'll see it that around the turn of the century before then the world was growing at a steady rate it was growing but there was no as we should go say exponential growth but it was growing normal growth it was growing but around the turn of the century they started realizing that the population was increasing meanwhile activities for production remained the same you know activities for production it remained the same men didn't increase activities the same rate of pregnancy was what was taking place and yet the population of the earth, the world was increasing was increasing so if you look at the graph you will say at the point it was a steady growth and at the point it just shot up like that which was a situation that if somebody was taking through about a poultry farm that he had he said he was taking to which he also made the same analogy with the population of the world and that the reason the reason for the growth was that was what the improvement or intervention of medicine intervention of medicine because in those days if you had malaria you are going you are, you are gonna you just go in those days if you had an infection <laughs> what did penicillin come to do for us the bacterium that was killing a lot of people i don't want trouble <laughs> at that time it killed about 20 million people in europe at the time the bacteria that was what killing the people, people that they need, was killing 20 million 20 what's the population of ghana oh we are 26 now i think 25 26 20 the whole ghana would have finished wow it was called the plague. The plague. And then what happened? It was caused by a bacterium which penicillin could kill. It was caused by a bacterium which penicillin, we know penicillin. Now we have it, we don't, we don't even regard it. Can kill. So when penicillin was discovered, <clears throat> instead of killing the people, now they were alive because one shot of penicillin would. Wow. So it's not that production was increased no. but now there was retention yes. because of intervention of, of penicillin. penicillin wow wow may God give you a, the, 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 the revelation of your penicillin in your chair to keep your members somebody needs a special spiritual penicillin I tell you special spiritual penicillin that is that is taking your members away. Just something small. Hey. And now we have you immunize our children against secular diseases. And so you see, mortality rate has decreased. Not that women are even, even now we don't give birth more. No, my mother gave birth to ten children, of whom I'm the fourth. Ten children. Nine boys, one girl. Yeah, she was. Why oh? Why oh? 
Why are you doing that to her mother? She was looking for a girl. So she did that. Then number nine became a girl. So she thought number ten so that she balances the two, two girls, eight boys. Then the last one became a boy. They said, okay, then let's live with ten children. So our, they were even giving birth more. Now I don't have ten. I have three. Which will go at six or so. But <laughs> <laughs> and yet, if you go to other places in the world, in fact, the, the, the adult population is actually diminishing. It's almost gone. They want people to go into those areas because they are not giving birth. And yet, the population of the world is increasing because of intervention of medicine. Hallelujah. Listen, and they live longer, longer because the, um, um, the life expectancy some time ago, which used to be 40 something years, now it's about 60 something because of medical intervention. Do you get it? So, all oh, is because we, people, it, it results in people who are being retained in this world. Why don't you also go on a journey? To look for your what vaccines and other things to maintain your people. Why? Yes, your medicine to maintain your people and retain them, and maintain and retain. That is what is important. Hallelujah. So my time is up, but God willing, God willing, tomorrow we are going to talk about three vital strategies. For retaining church members. Hey! Three vital strategies. So, look, after these strategies, your members will go and they will come. And they will not come alone. Oh. They will come with other people. They will come with other people. Because you, you, you have mastered, you see, it's, the, it's called the art of following, following, following up. It's an art. You have mastered it. Hallelujah. And it's very, very important. I tell you, if we ever want to see church growth, let us develop our medicines, spiritual medicines, to stop them from coming through this door and living out of this door. We should. We should. So recently, I started a ministry in the church, and I said that ministry is going to be called Retention Evangelism Ministry. That's all. That is a retention department. And we are going to look into how to maintain and to retain the people. We are, we are, we are going deep into it. Because the plague is killing people. And the plague is still around, spiritual plague. Can you, can you not see that per church members, the same people are moving from one place to the other? To the, no, no, no. It, it, as someone say, it must to stop. Any? It must to stop. Amen. But I want to recommend this book to you, the Mega Church. I want to recommend this book to you. As I spoke to you earlier, and I told you earlier, I know the author of this book. I know the anointing he carries. And I know what God has used him to do and the ministry that God has used him to build. And I want each and every one of us Take this book and read it, especially in the other edition. You see how I came to be anointed. Go with it, and your life will never be the same again. 
Put your hands together for Jesus. Oh. Put your hands together for Jesus.